0: What'd you, I, know, I see you it, I see it, I what do you think of that? Uh, I think our difference was amazing. Okay, welcome back to Bounce of the Ball. Uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify, please give us a five-star review. Remember to follow us and share us on the socials. And also, if you're watching us on YouTube, please remember to subscribe to the channel and to like our videos. Okay, so I'm Rob Aaron, you can find me on the socials at Rob underscore Aaron 23. Uh, Also, this is my co-host, Chappie. How are you, brother? Good, mate. Where can we find you? At uh, Chappie's Titans. Nice, nice. And if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow us at TBOTB podcast. Okay, so on today's show, it's episode 32, and as the usual custom, we're going to go through people who wear the number 32. So... I think this is a pretty um, self-explanatory one. There's some great players who have worn the number 32 in their time. Yeah, so I'll, I'll get us started with Blake Griffin from his Clippers days when he was jumping over keys during the dunk contest.
1: So um, I've got Mr. Chris Middleton after that.
0: Yeah, Chris Middleton. He had a good year last year. He uh, won a gold medal and a championship.
1: Champ champ, eh?
0: yeah. Very, very good. So, also, uh, could never beat Jordan uh, over there at the Utah Jazz. Mr. Carl Malone did get a gold King medal in the drinking of off the back of Jordan's yeah, performance and Pippin's performance and Magic and that. So, yeah, don't think much of him. Yep. But he wore the 32 and he's considered a great. <laughs> great P? What? The- what? Just, just a great. Just the great, okay? Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. go any further than that. All right. Um,
1: <laughs> Mr. Bill Walton. Yeah.
0: Dude, he was a weapon back on the Blazers. I don't know if you've watched he was any of the Lakers. Games. Dude, he was also fairly instrumental with uh the Celtics, your favorite team to hate. Yeah. Of. I love him. <laughs> love the Celtics. Okay, next, number thirty two, the one the only, Mr. Shaq, Shaq Attack. Back of the you Remember the Shack Attack ads where he used to rip down the backboard? And... Who can forget it? With the Wearing Rock in the Hypnosis. And he used to have them like, uh, his shoes used to be in all the shoe stores. And they were like size 22. And they were ridiculous, man. They were like twice the size of the average human. Foot. They were true. insane. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's the okay. Well, to round it all off, I suppose, on my end, I've got Magic motherfucking Johnson. Oh, yeah. The legend. The man. The myth. You know what? I'm actually going to say it. What a waste of the greatest
0: porn name ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you been watching Winning Time, my friend? Because that's basically what Magic Johnson is in that show, as well as a baller. Okay? He, he's balling out in multiple ways, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's a euphemism I, for other I, things. I, okay. I maintain it. What a waste of a porn name dude, it's a really good, you'll have to check it out with me soon, I've watched all 10 episodes, you have got to catch up with me, Um, yeah, we're going to do a review on that really soon, it's excellent, okay, uh, and rounding it out, episode 32, so 32 was my friend, Luke Ballard, this man right here, excellent dude, Luke William Ballard, Uh, his favourite team was the Newcastle Knights, so Luckily enough, they had a win at Magic Round the other week. So we'll have, be having a bit of a chat about that. But 32 was his favorite number. So we're going to be dedicating this episode to him today. So yeah, number 32, this one's for you, Luke. Okay, on the episode today, we have NBA round two wrap up and we'll have a look at the conference finals. Um, so we're going to have a look at Luca going absolutely ape shit on the Suns. That was hilarious. Um, yep. Yeah, that was crazy stuff. Uh, we're going to have maybe a little chat about Harden. It's going to be a bit of a laugh, actually. Um, quick little discussion. You're not going to be a fan of it. We're going to be as objective as possible. No like of salt about Celtic's prolific record in the Eastern Conference Finals. That shouldn't give you too much salt. You're not in the East, dude. It's all right. You're not in the East. Um always week anyway, so... Yeah, then we're going to have a quick, quick look at how the Conference Finals matchups are going. Um... Also, brief chat about Patrick Beverly taking a flamethrower to Chris Paul on ESPN. Did you manage to catch that? <laughs> I actually did. I love Pat Bev. He's full of shit. But oh, he's, dude. He's I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it says a lot about the trajectory of yeah discourse in the NBA media, where it's at and where it's obviously going to keep going to. Um, and we're also going to have a quick chat about Zach Levine free agency room is now. A lot of Bulls fans are. Heavily guarded on this, and they really do think and expect Zach Levine to re-sign. It's where he's going to get the most money, most makes the most sense. But he has said in the exit meeting that he's going to test the market. He's going to get out there and enjoy his free agency and um, yeah, see what he can get. All sorts of rumors have been floated around. We're going to have a bit of a chat about that because the Lakers are in there, so it's going to be good to have your perspective on it, and we can have a interesting discussion about what you think the Lakers would be willing to get up, give up for him and... Yeah, I think people aren't considering the option of three and four team trade deals that could possibly go down to satisfy all parties, but yeah, that's things we can discuss later. Anyway, also, we're going to have a chat about the, over there, the EPL or more specifically the FA Cup. My friend there is a huge fan. He's been trying to get other ball sports onto the pod and we're going to have a bit of a chat about his favorite team, Liverpool, winning the FA Cup final. Um, over at NRL talk. Magic round, a brief chat about that. Brief chat about the games that has been played in the last two days. Uh, it is Sunday and at the moment and there are a couple of games being played this afternoon. so we won't be talking about them because we're talking as we're recording as they are playing as we're recording. Um, but we will be having a chat about the games that have been played so far so, Tigers getting their third win, and the Cowboys convincingly beating the Storm last night, really stamping themselves in that top four. It's going to be um, interesting to see how that goes moving forward. Anyhow, so that's us, so on with the show. Okay, so we're back with NBA talk. The big story of the last week, I suppose, that we didn't really get a chance to talk about last week when we didn't make it on air was... Luca, he went absolutely apeshit against the Suns. They were down 3-2. And there was a lot of shit talk being said by Devin Booker and Chris Paul, especially in the post-match press conferences. But during the game, Chris what, Paul was lying on the Chris ground. Uh, sorry, not Chris Paul. Devin Booker was lying on the ground saying, oh, that's a Luka special and all this kind of stuff. So all got, taught, all got caught on camera. And as Luca was walking off the court um, at the back after he walked through the tunnel, He looked at the camera and he goes, everyone loves to talk shit when they're up. Everyone loves to talk shit when they're up. We'll see where they go when they, like, start slipping down. He came out, you know, that scene, it reminded me of that scene from *The Last Dance where Jordan's sitting there with a baseball bat after B.J. Armstrong's just talked mad crap to him the game before. He goes, everyone likes to talk shit when they're up. Yeah, so, um, and he came out and just torched them. Absolutely torched them. This image will go down in history. Uh, we've got us the background there. It was just perfect, man. Look at Booker's face. He can't believe the absolute. At that point, they were going... That's the first half from the closeout game, isn't it? That's just after Luca was up 27 points himself. 27. The team yep. had 57 and the Suns had 27. Um, there's a brilliant little clip were, were
1: you aware at halftime you had as many points as the suns oh uh, yeah of
0: course
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: what do you think of that uh, i think our difference was amazing so that everyone thought that was hilarious okay um but then there was a clip that i captured that was one of the most insane things i've ever seen in my life Luca cooked cam johnson on this move in game seven that i've like twice in a row. So he came down casually, backed into him on the three-point arc right on the elbow, did a spin move, step back, sunk a three, the most casually shot three-pointer you've ever seen. Cam looked like, he's just like, dude, that looked too casual. Went back up. Booker took a shot. So this is heading into the end of the second half. Luka came up, took a shot. As he was taking the shot, the commentator said that he was 0 from 6 and he bricked it off the front of the you know, the front of the rim. Luka came back down the floor, got the switch on the Cam Johnson again at the top of the arc. Then he bodied him, perfectly legally bodied him, sent him flying and just stood there and sunk a dagger three going into the half to be up that 27 points, scoring the same amount of points as the opposition. It was one of the more savage games I've ever seen played. Like I've watched some replays and, you know, watched some games from back in the day of really good games from the nineties and things like that. But this was just, this year has been strange, but what have you been catching many games? Have you seen the blowouts that have, it's, it's either one team's winning by a massive amount or the other teams winning by a massive amount? It's solely because
1: work's been um, absolutely hectic at the moment. Um, haven't been able to watch a lot live. so it's more watching the recaps and just following the box that my employees didn't hear me say that but um yeah that's what it's been about um didn't i ring you at one point in time and i was like did you see the halftime score
0: yeah Uh, yeah it's absolutely insane makes no sense Uh, no sense whatsoever but, but the big deal um, was that it was the Suns that he was doing it to. This team had been so dominant all year. No one could beat them. And Lucas just coming in here just like... It's been two years, bro.
1: Like, it's not just been a one-off. Like, the Suns have been, like, one of the best teams
0: in the league for the past two years straight. And he, at will, dismantled them over two okay. games. Crazy. It, it's stunning. Actually stunning. It's... um. It's one of the more dominant performances I've ever seen in a postseason. Just to think about his game as well, about how he's doing it. He's not explosive.
1: He's not ridiculously explosive. Like he's athletic enough. Oh, he's completely athletic enough, but he's completely skilled. He's not. He's not sharp. He's not sharp. So he's not not going going to be anyone. But I get what you're saying. He's not doing it using like ridiculous athleticism just to. Uh, power everyone like he's using his smarts, he's using his body, he's using his length. Like yeah. he's using everything that he's got. He's brilliant. But for me, the most ridiculous thing I saw him do was I think it was a cam as well. Was um where he's dribbling just on the key, like on the shoulder, and he's backing him down. The pump fake, he bites, he takes him, and that's where he bodies him when he's in the key for the layup you've seen that one as well haven't you yeah To me, that was one of the most dominant moves i've seen on an nba court
0: like he's what six foot nine 265 pounds like the guy is not small at all no and, but he, and broke, he knows and, it he and he knows how to use his body as well now you can see that yeah. yeah people talk about his cardio and how he like he's actually like bulking up in the off season he's he's putting on weight then he can get in the gym and like be fit enough to be big enough for the finals. That's what I think his plan is, in my opinion. Because he's always been a smaller kind of player, being a younger player, and he's just feeling out now. His old man was a pretty big player. He was a powerful... Is, is it that he's always been a smaller
1: player, or is he growing into a man's body? Yeah, that's what it is. Because he's still very like, young. Yeah, there's a difference in men's bodies and physiques from when you're 16, when he started How old What's is Luca? 20? What, 22, 23, I should it? Look at Doncic. He's 23, born in 1999. Oh my God.
0: Do you see what I mean? Like he's growing into his, he's growing into his body. He's 23. Hmm. When was he drafted? Four years ago, when he was 19. Wow. Well, 23 years of age. It's insane. Yeah, and he's six foot seven. Imagine. His career started in 2015. He was drafted in 2018. He's the third pick in the first round. DeAndre Aydin was taken first by the Suns.
1: Uh, choices, eh?
0: He was drafted by the Hawks, though, and swapped for... A certain Young. You reckon trade. got the best deal, man? I know who I think got the best deal. Oh, man, it has to be Atlanta. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so that's the story of Luca and his postseason so far. He's had a hit a bit of a rough patch. We'll have a chat about that in a second. But um, just quickly, what do you think of Harden choking again Postseason, Just usual? I just think he's... That's he, that's him as a player. It's James Harden? That's, James Harden, is. that's he, James Harden. Yeah, he's not the player... I think what you see out of James Harden in the season, regular season, is peak Harden. And there isn't another level he can take it to in postseason. And people work him out for postseason, and he's got nowhere to go. And... That's kind of like the difference between the, the good ones and the great ones, I suppose, isn't
1: it? You see, it's frustrating because everyone tars younger players with that brush that, yeah, they look good right now, but wait until it's the postseason and everyone locks in. But how many years does Harden have to choke for people to realise that he's in the same boat as everyone else in the league?
0: What he does is weird but it's it's not like he chokes it's just he doesn't try and i suppose that he's choking to a sense but it's weird it's it's like a guarding of his ego if he doesn't try and he fails it's better than trying and failing because if he tried in his mind he could have won so we actually think like that bro
1: is it that's the case or is it that he's not getting what he normally gets out of defences. He's not getting those little reach and fouls that he normally gets and lives off the line. Remember a few years ago, he was yeah. scoring, he was shooting 20 or three throws a game. Yeah, it's, it's a lot because he's not getting his calls. So all of a sudden, defences have different structures that are set out to slow you down, and he just can't do it. He, I don't know.
0: But he, and he took it's, hardly it's any cool. shots the other day. They because pushed Doc Rivers... Doc Rivers narrowly avoided uh, making the Four same mistake nine. he did last year uh, by yeah, being asked about James Harden. It's like, could you win a championship with James Harden? He's just like, oh no. no. Like, he was asked last year if you could win a uh, championship, championship with, with Ben Simmons as the point guard, and he said, probably not. He said, no. Oh. Yeah, so. said, yeah,
1: no. There was no problem about
0: it. It was enough. No. If we we're going to be honest, they should have asked him the same thing about James Harden. If he was going to be honest, he should have answered the same way. But, you know, he's probably protect, he's probably learned his lesson in protecting Harden's ego there and the, the team. Because could you imagine two years in a row if he'd said no again and they were stuck with having another player who demanded being traded and didn't want to be there because the coach had thrown him under the bus and all this kind of stuff? I'm sure that wouldn't go down very well with Doc Rivers. they probably sack Rivers instead of the player in that situation, being Maury and Harden bro
1: did you see the press conference he gave banging on about how he's such a great coach
0: who's that more doc. No, doc 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 was selling much his own praises himself. yeah it's hilarious
1: why calling himself the best thing since sliced bread it's just stupid
0: it is hilarious okay so we're gonna have a bit of a chat about something that's near and dear to your heart not one of your more hated teams the celtics because of the rivalry that's there There's an interesting stat that popped up through the week that I noticed that just blew my mind, actually. The Celtics beat the Bucks, and they'll have competed in exactly... If you date back prior to the merger, exactly half of all Eastern Conference finals played. Now, that's mind-boggling, okay? So they've been in 32, 33 this year. That's... I, I can't even begin to that. So to put it in more perspective, since the teams have been... Since there's been more teams and it's been more of a competitive kind of thing. So it was fifty percent total. It's forty percent since the merger in nineteen seventy one, I believe. So that's that's just insane.
1: Yeah. To me it just to me it just shows that they're absolute chokers, mate. My...
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> they have one seventeen. So they are 33. above they're above fifty okay. percent you could say. Right. So you can't really, you know, you have August
1: 17, 10 November, before anyone else was even playing the game of basketball.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. That is the point is back in the dizzy before when there was only like six teams in each conference, if that. Um, so, but it's still very, it's an interesting it's record to have, you know what I mean? Like we don't knock Souths <laughs> or we don't knock Souths or the roosters for their records. um, And they date back to 1908 when there was only like six or seven or eight Sydney teams in a comp. So, and the Newcastle University team. Um, Um, Yeah. yeah. Okay, look,
1: I I won't be salty about it. It actually is
0: impressive. It is. is. I think it is. It blew my mind when I found out about it. Absolutely mind-blowing.
1: So you're saying since 1970, they've appeared in 40 percent of the Houston Conference market?
0: 40%, yeah. 21, I believe thought's so that 50 years ago yep wow. That that's that's next level that's and this, is consistent. The, this is the 22nd one within that time mm-hmm. span they've been in that's... yeah it's pretty crazy man so it's 52 years since the merger yeah you got to give them their flowers there I'm, I'm glad you were able to be objective and, and not sprinkle too much like a salt on that that was pretty impressive bro so the Warriors they're up 2 0 against the Mavs. Um, yep. How do you say that one? panning out, man.
1: I do think the Mavs will win a game or two. Um, Luke is too good a player not to be able to jack a game. Um, I do see the Warriors winning it. I did say that when we had a conversation last week after they outbeat the Suns. I did say, it, I see the Warriors taking it. But um, it's not going to, It's it might be a gentleman sweep, let's
0: say. Yeah, so you so you're saying four four to one, five games? Yeah, four, one, four, one, at best four two, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna to i I'm gonna reserve my judgment for a couple more games into the series. It's I know too well after watching Luca for so many years now not to count him out. He's That's he's, what I
1: mean. He, I think he will jag a couple of games, but like, yeah. I
0: honestly but it's like he accumulates data over the, the time frame. He, he it's interesting. Um he's like a boxer that's not explosive, but more like they'll the wear you down over hard. over twelve yeah, they're not explosive. They're not gonna come out and knock you out like Deontay Wilder, but they will make your life hell round after yeah. round like Tyson Fury. So he's just gonna hit you hard and hard and hard yeah. and just go and yeah. And that's how he looks at seven game series. That's how I've seen him look at them for the entirety of, career, of his career. He knows that you don't have to go out and, you know, but the thing is he's dealing with the Warriors and the Warriors, are probably one of the only teams in the competition that can keep that frenetic pace. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Cause yeah, yeah the, it's interesting that most teams don't want to be in the grind with the Mavs, so what they try to do is blow them off the court. And yeah, it was interesting to see Curry did fight back the other day. The Mavs did maintain the lead through the majority of the game. Luca put up 42 points, so it's not like he didn't have a real good crack at them. Um, they it's were hitting a, a lot of their different. open shots. His role plays in the first half, but they didn't continue to do so in the second half. And the Warriors, obviously, they're all this.
1: It's completely different playing against probably the best shooter ever to play the game.
0: Yeah, well, it's not just that. You've got Clay, Jordan Poole, exactly. shooting well. And you've as got well. two of the best shooters ever to play the game. It's yeah. a bit different coming up against that. And then Draymond um, was sinking threes as well. well. Well, if he's hitting his threes, he's got no chance, really, dude. So, yeah. Well, he sunk one that I did see that was a pretty major one at the point of the game that it happened. So,
1: yeah,
0: yeah that was enough, mate. You know what I mean? Like, just the fact that he did that. So.
1: That's
0: the person you want taking that shot. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. why they had him left open. And he took the shot and he made it. So he capitalised on it. So yeah, yeah they're, they're up 2-0. I'm reserving judgement, but I'm not ready to count Luka out. I still think that he's a chance. Um, he's my smoky to make it to the finals against Jimmy Butler, but that's looking a bit diabolical at the moment. Um, so we'll head over there. We'll talk about the Heat and the Celtics. So the Heat are, have just edged forward with a 2-1 lead after the game this morning. Um yep. they were and look that's the first game that wasn't a major blowout. But it had the potential to be because after the first mm-hmm. quarter the uh Celtics found themselves down by 25 points, which is just Crazy. unbelievable. Crazy. Yeah. So it was 16 to 41. That was the score Crazy. at the end of the first quarter and they fought their way back. Jimmy Butler got benched with soreness at halftime. Um it mm-hmm. turned into a bit of a People were tweeting saying it was more like a football game than a basketball game. It was getting that rough. It was really interesting to watch. I kind of enjoyed it. It was very 90s, 90s 90s-esque. So you knew how I love my 90s basketball. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's that saying, doesn't it? Yeah, so it was Kurdic and frantic, like I said, a bit of a football game style. (laughs) They were just wrestling for the ball on the ground. There was a lot of hustle going on. The referees put their whistles away for a lot of it. Butler was gone. Tatum got injured late. He actually played fairly badly throughout the game and it was Brown who was carrying them. Uh, they got it to within six late, but then yeah, um, Strauss actually hit a huge shot and then it was enough, a bit of a dagger late enough to keep them at bay. And then the ticky tack foul crap started back and forth and yeah, Heat were able to just uh, grind, yeah. grind out the win in the end. So, um, they're up 2-1, missing Jimmy. I don't know if they've rested him for caution, Larry, or if he was completely unable to play. That's, I don't That's know. That's a bit scary, isn't it? Um, it is. And with Tatum, Ma- it looks like he got given a shot because he was in agonising pain. Same with Marcus Smart. He went down early too and had to go off. It looked like he he was screaming, grabbing his legs. So, and he went off into the um out the back, and then he was stretching and moving around. They've got some pretty magical needles that's out there or?
1: Uh, just the shots bro but you know what it's like that's never a good sign
0: no um, not at what's all?
1: the turnaround to the next day to
0: the next game one day that's what it's been this is what other people were mentioning on Twitter as well the fact it's that the um, the conference finals have a shorter turnaround than what the second and first round did
1: yeah but that's a bit different where you're waiting on so many teams to play their games. I understand that.
0: And the other, the other element of it too is the further you get through the competition, the more intensity it grows. Like the games aren't just more intense. It's the turnaround that's more intense. So you've got less recovery time as well. So this is where stamina kicks in and the best trained teams prevail in that sense. It's it's all part of it.
1: It's mental as well, bro. Like how do you recover from a blowout in a day?
0: Well, you kind of have to, and this is why there is blowouts because there's only days between them. Like you're playing, like a team could literally just like, uh, yeah, this game's gone, we'll come yeah. back tomorrow. And they'll make, they're will make they making these decisions so early in the game, like I'm talking second and third quarters, not like halfway through the fourth. It's like, oh, quick, rest them, we'll save their legs for the back end of the game and make sure we don't get any injuries. They're like making these decisions so early. And it's well, you there weird and to watch.
1: Well, bring up the Suns again, where... You scored as many points as one player on the opposition team, like you know, you're not being that bad, you know what I mean? So, and if you do, you're playing out of your skin, yeah, completely out of your skin to do so. Well, I can understand it, but it's a tough call to make, as you said, like second and third quarter saying, Yeah, the game's gone.
0: Yeah, it's weird, it's weird, but besides that, anyway, talking about the Suns. Uh, so Chris Paul has once again failed again. And um, yeah, it's seven times now that he's lost a series that he's been up 2-0 in, I believe the stat was. Or a seven-game series game seven? or a seven-game. Seven it might have been game seven 17 people. times he's lost wow. being up 2-0 in a series. And it was, I think that was the stat. And definitely there was seven times that he's lost game sevens. Seven times, sorry. Okay. Is he just cursed, is he? It feels like it. So seven times he's lost game sevens. Yeah. That's insane. Wow. He just cursed. And and because this ESPN decided that they get Pat Bevley of all people on to go on a Chris Paul hate tour. And that was just it's been entertaining for some people, but to me, it kind of bothers me. Um basketball players don't necessarily always make the best analysts. And this idea that they do because they played the game in the other people who haven't played the game don't understand. You aren't in the locker room. But at the same time, they've got access to grind and they're not objective in their analysis. You just have a look at Paul Pierce and, like, and especially Paul this Pierce stuff that, 18. like.
1: Absolutely oh. hating on anyone who calls another player in his generation a better player than it. Exactly. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like,
0: like, there was an not- access to grind by these players. They're, they're not giving objective analysis and what pat beverly delivered the other day was like the evolution of it it's what we're at now it's like it's this is so transparent that it's not even an analysis anymore this is just a petty bitch session about players i don't like he went wall about chris rock oh, sorry about chris paul man that was insane hey i was
1: gonna say what the hell did chris rock do this
0: time but dude i'll tell you what it was you know why i said chris rock because he went at him Like Will Smith went at Chris Rock and slapped him with some shit, bro. I'm telling you.
1: (laughs) But you know what, though? Um, Chris Paul has a reputation as being a nice guy around the league. Uh, And apparently from the things that I've seen and heard, it's because he does like those insurance ads where he's this real helpful, nice guy on the ads. And well, that's just permeated to. Um, that's what image. Beverly
0: said. He gets a free pass because that he's the basically the players rep, players union rep or something like that. He does yeah. the state farm ads. He's, you know, he's eloquent in his speech. He he knows how yep. to like, you know, schmooze people. So that's why he gets this kind of free call from the refs and things to that effect. Well, that's what yep. you know, um, Pat Beverly says anyway. Pet Belly thinks he's not treated well. And some of the things he said, but man, like it's just like that he played in Sun camp and he's like, couldn't guard me. I cooked him. Things like that. Like what's that got to do with anything, man? That's not an objective analysis. That's you just bragging about yourself. And that's the level it's gotten to. And that's the level it's going to go to. And like people are saying it's great. And I'm like, I'm not really enjoying this at all. You know what? The, the way,
1: How do i say this not sound the way they carried on in the f- series that they won
0: yeah they kind of
1: had it coming that's their comments
0: i know what you're talking about who are you talking are you about are you talking about pat bev and
1: no i'm talking about chris paul and the Suns. um they haven't exactly been the greatest sports in this final series.
0: No, they haven't. Their arrogance brought them undone. They actually thought they were unbeatable and the championship was theirs. They were, they were too busy looking to the east to see who they were going to play against instead of thinking about who they were actually had to get through to get there in the first place.
1: So that's what I mean. I just sit there and think, you know what? You have a coming. You can't, yeah. It, that's what it, it seemed it, like
0: it, to me. Yeah. They uh, played with that level of arrogance, that so they weren't focused on the actual, they just mm-hmm. thought each game was a breeze.
1: To me, I kind of liken it to the way they were taking the piss out of um, Westbrook when he was missing and bricking left, right, and centre and they were ducking and diving from his air balls and stuff.
0: The way, you... yeah, the Timberwolves did that, yeah. yeah.
1: So, you know what?
0: You put it out right there, you have to be able to take it. And these guys were banging shit. So you well, know All know. the signs were there early, but with that first series, um, I mean, the round one when they played against the Pelicans and got stretched. Like, there is no yeah. right... But look Bellicous i was thinking doing that
1: i was thinking b i was just boiling out of control and he was but it wasn't
0: but, just that the him and mccullum were creating a really yeah. good combination with each other and Valentinus was actually it's, being dangerous at points as well so cj always been
1: a streaky player though yeah if not, like, and you know what i mean like and jose alvarez been...
0: and herb jones are phenomenal defenders yeah, and they so. defended their asses off throughout the entire series
1: so how sustainable is it to get that type of output out of B.I. and C.J.? Offensively, you would think it's not. Um, I don't know. I just kind of put it down into ring rush type thing, but it wasn't.
0: I think <laughs> so, that it was possible that um, Zion could have been added to that team. Um, Zion did come out and say that he could play, but they held him back. Yeah, of Sorry. course he didn't play the entire season, but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think they've I done think enough to convince him. Game. I think they've done enough to convince him to want to stay there at the moment. But um, yeah. I don't think Zan has much of a choice, does he? Not he's, really. still on? he he's, he's trying to put the pressure up. on. It feels like, but um, yeah, like I said, I think he's, they've done enough to convince him at the moment. He seemed fairly happy with the team. Postseason, <clears> so, and I think that he thinks that if he was on that team, they'd win a chip this year. Of course, he's going to think that. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like legitimately, do you know what I mean? Like it'd be easy in previous years to go, oh, you know, I may be kidding myself thinking that. But if he was I've on that got, team, they would, have made, I've got, I've, I've would got, have made a difference. I've got my thoughts,
1: I've got my thoughts on Zion. I, I, I don't think he's the player you build a team around. Personally, I, I don't see it.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: if out of everyone on that roster, if I'm going to build a team around him, for me to be B.I. I don't think
0: zion's that guy feckle Fair Fair feckle really he hasn't really okay. proved it so okay and talking about people not staying at their clubs uh we're entering free agency at the moment we have some interesting people going to free agency you mentioned before that Kyrie Irving is one player who's going to be going to free agency when we're going off air, when we're off air um yep. but it seems like zach levine is probably the most stable free agent option available to clubs, um, to teams. Just before you move looking on, looking to build around.
1: Ask you a quick question, bro,
0: how yeah. old is that? Twenty. Twenty-six. Wow. Yeah. So this is um, his first unrestricted free agency. Um, he's ready to get amongst it and test the market. He said in the exit meeting he wants to have fun with his free agency. So whatever that means um lonzo... if teams are gonna whine and dine you and take you
1: out and show you the highlights and everything else why well, wouldn't you want to do it
0: yeah so lonzo ball's dad was um lavar was interviewed the other day <clears throat> by a prominent um <laughs> chicago journalist and he made some statements about lonzo's near recovery he wasn't too happy with the way that they were handling it things to that effect and he also made a comment about Zach Levine's free agency. Now, it could just be an off-the-hand take, and it most likely is, but he was fairly certain that Zach was not returning and that he was going to end up at the Lakers. Um, it sparked some conversation. A lot of Bulls fans think it's just complete BS and that everyone's you know, carrying on for no reason, all this stuff. They think it's impossible that it could ever happen to the Lakers. Um, they think it's silly that, because the concept is that Zach Levine, that's why I've got this picture up here, is actually not happy with playing the way that things have panned out where he's playing second fiddle to DeMar DeRozan. Um, That is a narrative that's been formulated by some people throughout the season. Um, I I don't tend to buy into it myself. I'm just playing devil's advocate with this whole thing. I'm not like advocating all this or hoping for it. I actually hope he re-signed and stays with the Max. Uh, We're the only ones that can give him five years and Mm -hmm. give him the most money. Do you know what I mean? So in that sense, we are the most lucrative option. We've tried to build around him. It's just whether he thinks that Chicago can actually win and whether he thinks the Lakers can actually win. I don't know. It's just a weird kind of thing at the moment. He's with Clutch, who he signed with okay. earlier this year, which so, changes a lot of things. Right away,
1: we cannot just sign him. Yeah. We can't do it. Obviously. We can't do um,
0: so it is, it involves, listen, if it's happening with the Lakers, it's going to involve a side and trade. We all obviously are aware of that. Um, I don't think the Bulls to... would be interested at all in taking Russell Westbrook, but that's what could... I was going to ask.
1: Why would you want to help us?
0: But why would you want to dig the Lakers out the hole there? Cause there may be a third team who are willing to take on Russell Westbrook's right. contract. Oh, Okay. Yep. If they take on his contract, offload some assets. Them assets transfer. They'd have to be good enough assets that the Bulls would find favorable to accept in a sign and trade for Zach Levine to but send that him to the Lakers. Hang on. The team. Then that's you'd have. Then us. you'd have space. But to... the team taking on Russ
1: would be the team
0: that would want assets. No, they'd be offloading. Why would yeah, they they'd be, be on... taking on the contract, okay? they are yeah, thinking on the contract. rebuild teams.
1: Yeah, but that's what I mean. If you're taking on the contract, you're going to want
0: picks as well. You're okay. not going to take on Rust. But they're going to have to give up players to get it. Yeah, they're going to give up players, but they're going to want picks. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, the Bulls may get players out of it, like expiring contracts from mm-hmm. this other team.
1: But you guys have been working your roster. To become competitive of Why course we have, have to-
0: but we're going to have to get what we can get out of it or otherwise we're just going to let him walk and get nothing and then go to free agency and get what's available which is like we mentioned earlier kyrie irving and that's not really a sustainable option but it could be a year to year or year two year option that we could throw to him and that'd be interesting
1: yeah i don't
0: know i, I just don't i i don't see it being
1: workable for the Lakers. That's just me personally. I don't see it. Maybe I'm just being pessimistic so I don't get heartbroken again.
0: So um, other clubs that have been appeared to have been interested or actually have the cap space to take on a Zach Levine contract, uh, the front runners would be the Blazers. Why would you want to go there? Interesting point. (laughs) That's what I think. If he's a win now kind of player, do you want to be part of a rebuild? But you will be going to play with Dame Willard. Um, interesting choice uh, another one is the Mavs and the other one was the Grizzlies now he turned both of them teams into winning our teams
1: the Mavs are pretty much a
0: winning our team as they are yeah Zach Levine to the much. equation who's their um, small forward I guess it's Saint Luka
1: or am I thinking by wrong
0: no, I think Luca does play a majority of small forward. He can play small guard, uh, shooting guard, but well, he, he he plays power point guard. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So, I'm just saying, like the lineup pretty much with the size, at small forward don't that. So that means Zach would be playing shooting guard.
0: Uh, Definitely, but, um, he could play point guard yeah. even with Luca running the floor and just acting as a point guard, like acting as a shooting guard. Pretty much the way that yeah. Brunson does as well. Him and Brunson could alternate is the is the shooting, you know. You just have a three-guard lineup in a sense with Luka running point majority of the time. So pretty
1: much just one of their players
0: just has to drop out. That's all it is. It would work.
1: It would work. Um, have another shooter on Luca's team who is reliable. Another guy who he knows can get his own bucket so he's not take a lot of pressure off Luca. Makes sense.
0: A lot. Do you imagine what Zach Levine would do for the Mavs in this series? Depends which version of Zach
1: are you getting. The one with the busted knees who can't play or the one who's actually able to
0: play jump and dominate. Even with a busted knee, we're still averaging like 27 points. you got to remember yeah. that. Zach Levine, not whole, is still better than a lot of most players in the league.
1: So once again,
0: he's getting the, his arthroscope done next week. and everything cleaned up. He's going to be healed up by next season. The elephant
1: in the room here is if he's unwilling to play second fiddle to De Rosen Yeah, is he be happy playing second fiddle to Luca.
0: Well, a lot of people think are making the argument. Well, if he doesn't want to play second fiddle to Demar. Why well, do you want to go second, play in second fiddle somewhere else? Well, I'm sorry, but apples and oranges aren't the same thing. You can't compare them with each other, okay? And that's what's I mean, happening I- here too, okay? So with the Lakers situation, I made the argument that not wanting to play second fiddle to DeMar does not ex- like exclusively rule out the idea of playing third string to AD and... LeBron but me and you have discussed this if Zach Levine was at the Lakers he would not be a third option he would be the predominant he would run the floor for the majority of you know his his shooting would be relied on heavily Okay, they need a shooting guard who is reliable inside and outside to be relied upon to give LeBron and AD their time and space to do what they, he'd be part of a three prong attack that would be extremely dangerous
1: Think about it like this: LeBron gets open shots when AD has
0: the ball because people have to they have to double AD. And you add Zach to the equation who can drive and has ridiculous um, hops. So
1: like you have to guard him. Like it would open up the Lakers floor so much more. Yeah. Imagine would. imagine being LeBron having Zach on one side, A D on the other side. Yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? You can't leave Zach open. What he shoots. There's 3.40, 40, 40 hmm. odd. Um, you can't leave AD on his own. It'd be scary. It would be skip. Yeah. So I don't um, see us having enough cap. I, I don't see us
0: being able to work the cap. To do a direct trade with the Bulls, okay. I think the It'd only happen. option you could offer that would make us salivate and stop and pause would be AD. Yeah. Yeah, it would be AD. Would, and do you I'm think not, that the front office would consider trading AD for Levine if they got something else back for it? Remember I was saying to you before that AD is a
1: ridiculously good player. Like He's an NBA great, one of the best players ever.
0: Yeah, of course. It's all about injuries. I know that. It's about consistency he's, and being on the floor. Yeah, that's what kills him.
1: So are you better off getting a player who's slightly not as great as what he is but who is available
0: listen i I, listen i I have no control in this situation i'm just trying to think about how a front office would react in this situation i try not to get too emotional or too bound to players because i've been watching the sport for far too many decades now to attach my love to players knowing that they're going to you know if if you play for my team i'm all in with you but if you you know if free agency I've got to expect you to go. So I, I, I'm cool either way. I, I'm not, I'd rather him stay, but at the same time, I I don't rule out the idea what may seem impossible because I've seen some crazy shit go down in the off season when it comes I to trades.
1: I, I don't understand why teams would want to help the Lakers.
0: Like. Never do I, but Lakers aren't I, I, necessarily like the main thing in this equation. Like. I don't understand why he go to the Blazers. I don't understand why he wouldn't sign with the Bulls. The whole thing's a bit weird. I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to, I suppose, drive up his value as much as possible to get the biggest bag as possible. But I don't know. How, how much money do you want to give a dude who's got a knee injury that appears to be a long-term thing? It's hard. Like, the whole things. You don't. You don't want to end up
1: in a situation where you've got... Okay, look, he's not as good a player as Kawhi, right? You don't want to end up in that type of situation where you've got a max player who doesn't play at all. And not by your choice, and not because he's just slightly injured, but... Because he's... he's... just. He's, he just can't play. He's injured. Yeah, and that's the issue of Kawhi. Like,
0: anyhow, so that's enough for the NBA. We'll wrap that up. Um, yeah. See how it all pans out over the next couple of days. So the Mavs are taking on uh, the Warriors again tomorrow. They've gone back to Dallas. Let's we'll See if they can get a game back. It's all going to depend on how they look tomorrow, I suppose, and um, whether they can, and whether the Warriors can, can maintain this consistent form that they're actually playing with at the moment. So um, yeah. Okay, so a bit of a change from usual program. We're going to have a look at my friends. Here's uh, Second Love, uh, the EPL. We're going to head over first to... Oh, the First Love, buddy. Oh, the First Love, there you go. First so, first love, And we're going to talk about his beloved Liverpool cleaning up Chelsea in the FA Cup final the other day. Um, I didn't manage to catch the game, so do you want to give me a bit of a breakdown, mate? Um the
1: proverbial uh, game of two halves, in my opinion. Um, we were just all over him in the first half, man. Um, just did not get the bounce of the ball at all. Um, nice pun. Hey, bro, you got to put it out there. Um, you know, ball breaking between two players. Just, yeah, all over him. Just could not get the ball back in there. Um at that point, I'm sitting there stressing out watching this game because, as you know, whenever you watch a sport, if a team doesn't convert their chances, normally the other team managed to come back and just that one chance, win the game,
0: done and dusted. Yeah. Um, for us, thankfully, you know, it didn't end up like that. Um, so, you, so you saw what you're saying, you saw the tide shifting and you thought it was gone at one point that had shifted on oh, you entirely. 100%. Yeah. 100%. In that second half, Chelsea were just were pretty
1: bloody good, actually. Yeah. and probably should have scored a couple goals if i'm going to be honest
0: um that is the one factor I, of football that i do appreciate and enjoy watching in the game how you can tell when like it is a game of tides ebbing and flowing oh yeah.
1: yeah yeah it's impossible to be in complete control in a football game all the way through you're gonna have times where you're on the back foot and that's just the way the game goes it's a strange sport yeah um but yeah um as i said managed to jag out a win. On penalties, which is never the greatest way to do it, but um, yeah, I was bloody stoked, mate. Um, it's been a very rough ride being a Liverpool fan. Um, last four or five years have been just simply amazing, man. So it's been a good ride, yeah. Um, funny thing about it though is uh, Chelsea have actually lost their last three FA Cup finals in a row.
0: Damn, um, yeah, some impressed
1: Chelsea fans, not really, but. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, bro. When you're beating that Russian money. It tastes even better, bro. Yeah, that's um, right. They're
0: Russian oligarch money. That's right. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. And um, to rub uh, Sultan to uh, their wounds. Um, they've actually lost their last three cup finals to Liverpool in a row on penalties as well. Oh, that's um. Over the last eighteen months, we've beaten them three times on penalties.
0: Um, amazing, bro. Beautiful. Uh, aren't you looking at um? Breaking a cup record, like the most silverware. Any One sort of in a season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's four
1: major competitions that Liverpool,
0: that any club, they can win.
1: Yeah. So England, so
0: you've we got have the EPL team.
1: and the FA. Yep. You've got your EPL. You've got your FA Cup. You've got your League Cup, which is the minor cup. Yep. And on top of that, you have your old Champions League or uh, Europa League. League. Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Liverpool is actually the first English team that's um on course to win all four major competitions in a single season. Okay, how many have they got at the moment? At the moment, we've got
0: two of them. We've got the FA Cup and we have the League Cup. Okay. Um, so we have the EPL Championship Trophy coming up. When's the last game? is this weekend, isn't it? It's tonight. Tonight. There you go.
1: Yeah,
0: last, last game of the season's
1: tonight, bro. So is um, Liverpool playing tonight? Yeah. All the teams play tonight at the
0: same time. Kick okay. What time baseball. are Liverpool playing? I might turn in and watch that one. It's at uh, 1.45 in the morning, I believe it is, bro. Okay. See, so we get the NBA in the morning, early in the morning, and we get the EPL late at night. So it's, this yeah. is a rough yo-yo thing. <laughs> I'm going to feel like I'm on drugs Uh, all the time watching this sport getting up early and getting up late uh, staying up late to do it anyhow um, yeah I'll have to tune in for that for sure Uh, so I believe so we have Man City on top at the moment Um, from what I believe they're out ahead by one point so if they win today's game there's nothing you can do if there's a draw and you guys win you guys win the Liverpool wins the cup the, the league yeah we yep. won the league but um, you were yeah. informing me before of some i don't know i don't know how you describe it i suppose it's <clears throat> it feels corrupt to me but <laughs> what you described it was quite interesting so you're saying that aston villa are playing man city tonight and there yep. is financial agreements based upon Player trade, a player transfer at the start of the year that benefits Aston Villa if the league is actually won by Man City. Yeah, so Man City bought Villa's best player um, at the start
1: of the season, a certain Jack Grealish, they paid a cool hundred million pounds for him. (laughs) Yeah, so a fair whack of cash. And the strange thing here is built into that contract is that if Man City win the league, Villa are due a bonus payment
0: um, due to the success of Man City. Bro, this is drama and politics. This is, i love it. I, I think it's, I'm it's booked. Insane. It's absolutely
1: insanity. So, pride says Aston Villa going to go out there and try and win the game. Yeah. So that's the manager and the players... The managers and the players
0: don't get in of that much. They'd have to appear like they're not tanking. I, I, I could imagine that there'd be some form of... Would there be any kind of, like... There's Kick, kick back from... Yeah, like the rule, within the rule of the game. That looks like. Yeah,
1: it's I can imagine checking.
0: it's not an Englishman's way to throw a game.
1: No, it's not. But
0: if... Your board comes out and says, uh, We think you don't have to actively re- throw a game to throw a game, but like we no, all see don't... how tanking gets occurred in the NBA, you just bench players that are capable of beating the other team and play, pays, plays, possibly that's the aren't thing, the league rules
1: state that there is that whole you <laughs> do have they have to play be... their best players? It's the general agreement, but at the same time. You can argue that sports science is saying this guy's gassed and can't play.
0: What do you say about that? Yeah. So, I yeah, suppose any sports. team doctor could sign off on any kind of ailment these days. And
1: that's exactly right.
0: It's an interesting, I, I just can't believe that they've been in a position at the end of the year knowing. Did they know that was the draw already available when this agreement was made? Do you know? I suppose that'd be yeah, half for uh, you to know. The, um, I don't
1: really know when Jack Real is transferred over to It's just insane.
0: The draw comes out early. You know, like there is a financial benefit to where you finish on the in the league, obviously. But
1: I'm imagining that
0: the financial benefit for the transfer deal would be greater than where they'd finish. I would say that it probably is, yeah. So they might
1: get five million bucks. So they're kind of
0: incentivized to put the least possible competitive team on, on the pitch tonight. Financially. See,
1: that's where, that's where I'm coming from. as yeah. a player in your contract you would have performance um, y- your contract would be performance based. So the better you do as a player and the higher your club finish, it's incentivized that you would then get bonuses at the end of the year.
0: Did you see Spencer sorry just just a tangent about bonuses Did you see that Spencer Dinwiddie's bonus at the Mavs if they win the championship is one dollar? You're kidding. That's how much he didn't think that was a possibility. And here they are on the verge of making the finals. That's hilarious. But um, that's ridiculous. I know. But
1: yeah, as I said, as a player, you're incentivized to do the best you can because it helps you financially. Yeah. But as a club, you then thinking next season, if your club gets more money from a player sale, technically they can invest that in. Player next year who can help you finish even higher. So what do you go for?
0: And does that money have to be? That money can also be like diverted into like facility and resource infrastructure as well. Hey, like that's right. They can do anything with it. They can turn themselves into like a a more attractive club for signing other agents, like other free agents in future. If that's right, or players Uh in the future, if they can improve their facilities.
1: That's that's exactly right. But here's a twist that I didn't actually tell you. The pool play Wolverhampton Wanderers tonight in their final game of the season. Yeah. Okay. Are they two on the verge of relegation or? No, they're not, This safe, they're like mid-table. Um, so two years ago, Liverpool signed a player from Wolves, his name's Diogo Jota, right? Yeah. <laughs> Guess what Liverpool put into that contract as well? If Liverpool win the league, Liverpool have to pay Wolves an extra bonus payment as well.
0: Okay, so you've got Aston Villa and Wolves both incentivised to be beaten by right. the teams they're playing tonight, and That's exactly right. Liverpool requires Aston Villa to give a fuck, <laughs>
1: <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> like Wolves don't give a fuck right now. Like, oh, they don't. Yeah, they don't care. They can whatever happens, happens for them. It doesn't matter. They're not moving where they are. Yeah. But to add more spice into the mix, the current Aston Villa manager is a certain Stephen Gerard, an absolute god amongst Liverpool fans, like the
0: athlete legend. So he'll be. Team. So he. Yeah. As a coach god, and, a, and a player, former player of Liverpool, in his heart belonging to Liverpool, he would probably want, and knowing Liverpool, how yeah. everything would be going, he'd be into his boys to try and get them up to help Liverpool win. That's right.
1: And of two other Aston Villa players are actually former players. Um, one of them, Felipe Coutinho was probably Liverpool player when Gerrard left.
0: But do they care? What do, do people care like that over there? Because I know over here, once you go, you go and you, you, you new home is your new home. But like there's, there's a lot of sentimental attachment with clubs over there, isn't there?
1: There is, but don't forget, eh, once you leave and you retire, you have your club legend games. They get in. You can become a club ambassador and still yeah. earn money through the club. So, and if you are sweet with club pool, your social media numbers don't plummet after you retire, and you have that other financial um, aspect.
0: Yeah. And then you can take that side into being media or anything to that effect exactly. as well. So you have that. Added extra bonus that keeps on continuing your career,
1: yeah. So once you get to one of the top teams in the world, you're set for life, yeah.
0: Gotcha, okay. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that all pans out. Good luck tonight. I'll tune in myself. Uh, we'll talk about it next hey, week. Stressing, bro. Stressing, hey. Stressing, bro. Stress. Stressing, okay. I used to play the round ball when I was a lot younger. Uh, it was my first sport that I played first team sport before I got into rugby league and then rugby. Uh, but yeah. Although, there was B-ball. another round ball sport I did play growing up, a bit of B-ball. But, uh, yeah, all that aside, cricket. yeah, I do love my cricket as well. do love my cricket. Um. Yeah, okay, so we'll have to tune into that. Congrats on the FA Cup win. Good luck with the rest of that silverware you're chasing. Um, hey, mate, listen, two out of four ain't bad, three out of four ain't bad, but four out of four would be pretty friggin' amazing. So.
1: It's never been done before. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're on the cusp of just becoming absolute legends. On the cusp like, of greatness. Mate, it is. Like, that is, that's exactly what it is. like,
0: oh, it's stressful. But anyway. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, so that brings us to NRL Talk. Um, yeah, a couple of things have happened since we've, got, we've been gone. Magic round went down um the Tigers come off the back of a couple of losses so they did lose one at Magic Round we'll get to that in a minute but we started off Magic Round with the Knights versus the Bulldogs that was actually the the Cellar Dweller competition and then we had one again this weekend just gone where the Tigers played the Bulldogs so that was kind of hilarious we had two Cellar Dweller competitions in a row um yeah so the Knights actually got up had a really good win when Clune got across at the end I was tweeting my um Bay 53 mates over there, send them some love. I'm sure they had a long, long season, seven losses in a row. I couldn't even imagine what that would be like. It was five with the Tigers, so yeah, seven in a row would be rough. But um, the actual big fallout from that game, mate, is Trent Barrett decided that he had to resign because um, the board over at Canterbury Bulldogs had decided they were going to have a meeting on the Monday to decide decide his future. And he saw the writing on the wall, and he jumped early. Trent Barrett. (sighs) He's won five games in 34 as a coach, as a first-grade coach. Can you even believe that as a statistic, Then he still had his job? It's mind-boggling. I I don't know.
1: He's just not a good coach.
0: That's all what it comes down to. He seems to be a really good assistant coach and you can be a good assistant coach and not a good head coach. He just doesn't seem to have that thing to motivate all the troops. I can imagine him being a certain way and um, I don't know. Is it a case of him not having the
1: right support staff behind him? Like if you're an assistant coach, you're, generally speaking, you're the one who's out there putting the the cones down, running the training sessions and motivating the players and pumping them up through the week and like that's your job, you know what I mean? So Yeah, strong
0: support staff is very is essential and they're the behind the scenes people that no one seems to mention a lot or, you know, or pay any attention to. But, you know, they're highly integral. If you have a look at all the coaches running around the league that are worth their grain of salt, they're former um assistants to Bellamy and people like that. So you know, they've done their apprenticeship under these really good head coaches and they've been given the opportunity at other clubs. And it just doesn't seem that like, yeah. There's... But I can guarantee that the people they have backing them are really good, like are brilliant coaches in their own right. Well, Bellamy's able to identify the people that work best in his system that he can get to, you know, give him what he wants out of it. Yep. Um, yeah, Sheenzy actually gave him his start as as a coach where he um he trained the under 19s or under 20s team down at canberra back in the day yeah. when he used to play for the team so um yeah there was some funny stories about that how he used to flog them and change so he's like oh you should go a bit easy i'm crazy guys you said i've got to get them as fit as i possibly can again <laughs> okay bro <laughs> all right not a problem <laughs> so so he's always been like that since the very start. They reckon that's why he's like just driven that ethic into his players. Like you got to be able to run and through walls works. before this even season, this even even starts. So yeah, yeah, you can it see works. that his teams It'll are work. amazingly trained. Um, um, a bit boring to watch, but they win. Hey, they're, it they're not that boring, man. They're pretty exciting actually. Like
1: compare them to the Panthers, bro. Yeah, or the Eels at times too. Like those teams are just exciting
0: to watch yeah but the thing is with the storm it's exciting but they just do it so often in the game but it becomes repetitive yeah you can see it happening before it even happens yeah and the opposition is just helpless Absolutely. yeah they know it's coming they know it's coming but
1: you just can't do anything about it and if you do do something about it they're smart enough to actually take advantage of whatever gap you've left in
0: yeah they're
1: a great team but yeah
0: Yeah, so that was the big news out of that. So that also actually had um, some other fallout. So Brent Naden, who was playing for the Bulldogs, he decided he wasn't going to hang around. He saw the writing on the wall too and decided he's not going to be coached by some random. And he got out straight away and got an immediate release. And went over to the Tigers. So we picked up a centre for the back end of the year. Yeah. Um, a bit iffy on him. He's all right, but he's he, he he's feels a, he's he feels a pretty- in this, yeah. Yes, and he's going to play a role. He feels a need that we have. He's got size and speed, and he's he's a uh, you know a specialist centre. So, yeah, what's what's what, and we what get him on the cheap. We money. get him on the cheap. We get him for two hundred this year, or two twenty, and then a hundred grand next year. Oh, that's dirt cheap. Yeah, so we get him for three thirty over three twenty over two seasons. I'm more than happy with that. Um, that's actually a really really good deal. And if we can pick up players like that at, that can actually contribute to the team, then. And if he doesn't, well, what have we really lost? Do you know what I mean? So, three hundred grand, which is what in for a centre, which is it's peanuts, really. Exactly, exactly.
1: And as you said, he fills a need for you guys right this minute, so it's worth it.
0: Exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, which I'll we'll get to in a minute. So the Bulldogs, um, yeah, rough times ahead. Um, we'll get to their game that they played on Friday night in a minute. Uh, but the other thing that emerged as well is the Broncos. Their re-emergence continues this year. They gave the Manly Seals a bit of a drubbing up there, 38-0. So,
1: All I have to say is how good is Adam Reynolds?
0: Yeah, Adam yeah, Reynolds is an absolute he maestro. Um, he did miss out on the game against the Knights on Thursday night, just gone, uh, yeah. with a groin injury. But, um, yeah. yeah. And? They still flogged the Knights. Yeah, it didn't matter in the end. Uh, the Knights Not did put, up, put on a good show. They had some returning um, players as well. So the Knights have looked a bit better, okay, in the last couple of weeks. They look like the Tigers. I think the Knights and the Tigers are basically on the same level as each other at the moment. And mm-hmm. the Tigers are still waiting Tigers, to get some support back. But you know, I think the
1: Tigers are a better team if you have a look at your house combinations. I think so too. Uh, you've got more control there. Yeah. Um, I think the Knights have got more experience once all their forwards come back. And obviously, Dane Gagai is... Well, he was
0: back. The game just played on the weekend. So... Yeah, he's a tonight. great player. He's, he's a really good player too. So, but your house combination... He's no try and that game was a bit controversial. There was some moments... Um, there was some sliding door moments in that game too. Like the score blew out a bit in the end. Yep. With the Broncos. But I don't think it was really reflective of how the game was being played. Either so, it kind of anyhow, you some refereeing decisions can compound things and it'll lead to tries that probably wouldn't have been scored if the decision went the other way. Did Norfolk play in that game? He did, didn't he? He did, and he didn't play too bad in the first half. Yeah. Um, yeah, the final score was 36 12 the other night, so yeah, but back to the Eagles and the Broncos. So that was an absolute drubbing. Um, yeah, like you said, Reynolds has just got the ball on a string at the moment. He's probably the buyer of the year. You can't go around that. Tom Dervoy, is playing so injured. And it ended up resulting in... Um, an, injury. an injury. the other night. He's kind of limping on his knee in that. And he's also now hurt himself. He's dislocated his shoulder, they believe, uh, on Friday night in the Eels game. So where they went down to the Eels, 22-20. to 20, Also in controversial circumstances. Um... Yeah, everything's happening at the moment. Um, so the Broncos, they're still kicking along and they're looking dangerous, even even without Adam Reynolds, like you said. Uh, then we had the Tigers last week. They came up against the Cowboys. Now the Cowboys, they're the hype team at the moment, and the Tigers started pretty well against them in the first half. They did just go down by two points, I believe, at the halftime break, or it might have been a bit more. There might have been an extra try. Um But coming out of the half it found out that the Tigers like lost their spine essentially. So they've lost the six, they lost their nine. They were down to one player on the bench, I think, with about thirty minutes left in the game. It yeah. was Jackson Hastings was trying his damn best to do what he could with that team and he was left out there. But, you know, it was an overwhelming feat. And you know what? If he'd probably been playing against a team like the Bulldogs or I don't know, someone who's in that area of the ladder at the moment they might have pulled off the win but the way that north queensland is playing at the moment they were just kind of methodical um toddy payton's got them going really well up there at the moment and but it just annoyed me that like you you listen in the media through the week and everyone's banging on about the storm not having Pappenhausen or jerome hughes that's two players missing from their starting lineup like they're also missing um christian welsh i believe for the season with that achilles injury but, yeah, yep. that's three really good players. But the Tigers are missing eight players out there starting 17. So I wonder why that's not mentioned more. It's, and more weight's not given to that when it's talked about the Tigers. It's just the Tigers, I suppose, have been a basket case for so long that they just – there's this assumption of incompetence and they're just – yeah, they're not given that kind of leeway or that, oh, well, the poor guys are dealing with this and that and this and that. So, no, it's like they're, is it really, they're uh, losing.
1: Is it going to really get click, like clicks? talking about the Tigers missing players when you're in the bottom half of the table, whereas you've got a team that's near the top. That I just want they- it as a
0: caveat. I don't expect it too much. I just want a caveat. All, the Tigers are going to get flogged, but, you know, they are missing players, quite a lot of players. They're missing eight players. They're starting 17. That's, They're significant numbers, man.
1: Yeah, no, I get it, and I do agree with you. I'm just trying to say that Melbourne being one of one single team city as well and one of the better teams in the league when they start losing games like they did this weekend it's easier to write a story saying oh yeah but they're struggling because they're missing this player, like play, this
0: one so think about that the tigers are already missing eight players they come into this game last week against the cowboys they end mm-hmm. up losing the game sorry i'll just quickly look at the score from the tigers cowboys game 36 to 12. The Cowboys just beat the Storm last night, missing their fullback and their half. The Tigers are missing their fullback, their half, a couple of centers. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely uh, their best prop for that game and um, a back rower. Yep. And we scored more points than the Storm managed to against the Cowboys at the moment. So mm-hmm. it's, I know it's football math and all that aside, but yeah, it's, Just it's what I, I, I suppose it's reflective before. of how good the Cowboys are playing. They may have lifted because they were playing against the Storm. So it might be more reflective of that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that probably is the case, but you know, it is a fair you know, um, assessment or, you know, observation to make that the Tigers performed better against the Cowboys last week than the Storm did yesterday. Oh wow. As decimated as they were. Wow, okay.
1: That
0: that's surprising.
1: It really yeah. is surprising. I, I would think so. It.
0: Yeah, considering that the Tigers had to like play the second half and Jackson Hasten had to carry the team in the second half without, you know, um half the spine and you could basically say three quarters of it because Stafford Tile was running around like he was playing another thirteens game. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was a pain in the ass he was trying to take on everyone one-on-one think he was going to like beat them and it's like dude we're first graders too
1: <sighs>
0: the way he was trying to beat them is like you wouldn't in un- like you're watching a your kid do it in under 13s game that's what, what was annoying me about it anyway i won't give him too much grief he was having a crack but um yeah so i'm really impressed with the cowboys actually at the moment uh especially like i mentioned yesterday they beat the cow the storm um 36 to 6, which is kind of an astonishing scoreline when you think about it. 36 to 6, that's just amazing. I was
1: not expecting that, just even with their injuries. Like, were you expecting that type of scoreline? No, I wasn't. Yeah, it's just, but the Cowboys, as you said, are playing out of this game at the moment.
0: I wasn't expecting that type of scoreline so much that I put money on it, tipped. Melbourne.
1: Even with the injuries?
0: Yep, because I thought they could do enough to bounce back after they lost the previous week. I went six from eight this week. Wasn't too bad. Um, I did not pick Canberra getting up this afternoon. Um, I did pick Cronulla getting up this afternoon and obviously didn't pick the Cowboys feeding the storm. So I actually don't
1: blame me for that. I would not have picked that either. Um, I would have picked a Cowboys win, but not just absolutely flogging the crap out of it. Oh, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And honestly, the Raiders hammering the Rabbitohs, really? That's, yeah. No.
0: The Rabbitohs have been very, very inconsistent this year, mate. Um, I don't know what's happening there. I can't see their coach actually lasting beyond 12 months. I think he might get let go at the end of this season if he can't improve things with the roster he's got.
1: But why do you have to give them all year? I don't understand that concept. Yeah, I know. It's. I understand last season was a decent. I just don't get it. You know if it's working or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it brings us to this week. Like I said, we had the Cowboys getting up and the Tigers. Yup. Yot. Tigers talk. And the West Tigers got their third win of the year. Thank God. Jesus. <laughs> So, we did watch that game. We can review that. We watched that on Friday night together. Um, Dude, I was really impressed by the first half. Kind of disappointed by the second half. Did you manage to catch the Warriors game the next day? Uh, No, I actually didn't. Uh, Reese Walsh committed the exact same offense that um, was committed by Jackson Hastings. Well, when he got binned right on He'd the line. He did not get sin binned, yeah.
1: You see, but that's the worst thing about it, that we were watching it and we both reckon Hastings actually got back onto the line and went sprinting off his line to make I think he back. did
0: too. I thought he was onside. Yeah, you like know, I could have a bias perspective on it. You believed it was. You haven't got the bias perspective on it. So e- even that aside, I don't mind if you're going to bin him as long as you bin other people for doing the same infringement. And it just seems like it's apples and oranges at the moment with these referees. I'm getting really frustrated and annoyed with the way that, yeah, um, teams are being dealt harsh into the stick. The Tigers did get a square up the other night. So it was that 10-minute space um, where them two tries were scored and then Jackson Hastings just got on the field with 10 seconds before the third try was scored and he was actually the player, if you see, trying to make the attempted tackle and he just entered the field so that's how yeah. much of a guy he is he just got back on the field been on 10 seconds each, and he, he's the one who made the attempted tackle to try and prevent that third try being scored so that brought things fairly level um mm-hmm. that was like was that 16 to 18 at that point i believe it was because they missed the conversion
1: oh yeah the bulldogs kicking was atrocious
0: yeah and then um Thank God the Tigers pulled their finger out of their ass and managed to see out the win. Um, Jackson Hastings, again, he's an amazing player. Um, I can't even speak enough about how much of a great buy he is and bringing him back from the Super League is such a master, like who's a that, master move.
1: Who's that young fella who came on? Um, what's his
0: name? Um, Nui. Is it new? I think it's guy- Nui. Yeah. The guy who
1: plays
0: as the hooker? Yeah, his last name's N-New. That's how it's spelled, so it's Niu. new He's um, he a really me. good young... Yes, he really impressed me as well. Uh, we are lucky to actually have him on the bench following um, the little injury where he went off with the HIA, which is, seems to be a regular occurrence with that kid. Uh, I feel sorry for him. But yeah, we have Api out coming to the club next year. So we're going to have three solid hookers. And the way I saw New playing last on Friday night, he's way more of a better option in my mind than Simpkin. I know Simpkin's had more experience at first grade level, but was just, he looked first grade ready, didn't he? He did. The only
1: caveat I'll put on that is that it's easier to look like you're a world beater when you're coming on against tired legs at the end of a game like that. Yeah, true. So that's what I was going to say about him. I yeah. just liked his size
0: and drive compared to Simpkin and Little. Mm. He, he just seems to be able to take on that line and drive. And because and, he did score them two tries from dummy half, which they tend to get held up on because of their size. They are smaller mm. players.
1: Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That, yeah. He does look like a good option, but it's just, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's still a bit green, don't get me wrong, but he's going to look good under Appy Coruscant next year. Like him and Api Coruscant, um, as a combination because I think he's big enough also to play, um, as a defender role, depending on how good his defense is. So, mm-hmm. Appy could come on, or Appy could run the show, and then I don't know, it depends how the Tigers want to go if they want to run Appy for 80 minutes or not. So,
1: though happy plays at the moment, you would be running him 80, but he's a year older, is yeah, he
0: sure. gonna be like. How many years in a row is he going to put deep into the finals? He usually does play in that two, two hooker system, but doesn't he? Mm. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Okay. So just going to wrap up the NRL talk. Um, just talking back to that Cowboys and Tigers game where they beat them. Uh, sorry, the Cowboys and Storm game that just happened last night where they beat them fairly convincingly. Yep. So they've cemented themselves in third place. Now the Cowboys, um, they're beating good teams Albeit a bit injured, but still good teams. Does that propel them into that top four? Well, they're in there, but does it propel them into contender talk?
1: Probably a bit early to tell. Um, I always like to look at how like where teams are like at origin. Um, that's a great indicator at that point where you pretty much played the majority of the, half the season, give or take, you know? Yeah and that's where you get your long-term injuries and everything else. So origin um, teams are picked in a week, I believe. Yeah. And it's it all depends on how teams pull up after origin. If you yeah. pick up injuries at that point in time, you're screwed. That's your season done.
0: Yeah, but with um, the players having their team, do they look like losing many to origin? I believe there'd be one or two at this point who would definitely probably get a start. You'd say Valentine's home, homes would be in there. Um, yeah. Cotter looks like he might be a bit of a boulder. Yeah. Um, I'd probably say there's probably maybe maybe three or four players who will maybe be picked up by the Cowboys to play for Queensland this year. And in all seriousness, they probably should be picking up more. It's more to that continuity thing we've been talking about off-air, um, yeah. about how the more successful teams use combinations that exist uh, at yeah. club land because they have more time together to form these combinations and, yeah, less mm. time to have to gel as you only have a week to prepare for each origin game.
1: Um, if they're not going to get four players picked, I don't think for origin. Um, so that's, in all honesty, a good thing for them. That allows them to put more wins on the board as well, you know? Yep. Um, and then does that then give them the option to rest a couple of guys later on down the track as well? Like we all know what it's like during origin, you're playing lesser players.
0: Yeah. You, um, you really don't rest players in this league until the last, week of the year and then even then if you're vying for a top one or two spot you won't be resting anyone
1: yeah but that's potentially their advantage if they don't get decimated by origin selections they will just deemroll period like teams during that origin period yeah they will yeah and that does give them the option to rest players later on down the track um if someone's carrying a minor knock yeah you can rest them because you've got those wins on the board already um so yeah, they 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 are a
0: good team. So on a scale of one to ten, Chappie, as title contenders, one being no F and Way, ten being shit, bruh, I think they're smokies. What do you reckon?
1: I'd call them a six, bro.
0: Yeah. Like, I, 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 I'm more yeah. willing to look at them about a seven and a half, eight at the moment, the way they've been playing. If you're gonna have the if you're gonna have Melbourne and Penrith at a ten, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like yeah. This is the team to beat. These is the pinnacle um, teams of the competition. Oh, you, you can't say that they're not at an eight at the moment.
1: That's right. But that's the thing. You can't look past Melbourne, and you can't look past the Panthers. The Panthers are just team or only team still. Well,
0: Parramatta's still, like, you know, they got touched up. By, oh. you know, Parramatta got touched up by them. But in saying that, Parramatta took a home game up to Darwin to play against North Queensland, who live at a similar latitude. So, that's moronic. That's moronic in my <laughs> in my mind. Um, you don't take yeah. a team up to... And it was 90% humidity and ridiculous like heat. Like, yeah, in the, on a Saturday night. Like, they train in that shit. That's Thursday night training to them. It it, <laughs> it, it, it literally, <laughs> literally looked like that as well. Paul yeah. Mitchell Moses was standing on the sideline lighting up for a conversion. Dripping sweat. <laughs> Dude, he was drenched, hey? Like, looked like it was raining, hey? Man, um, it was hilarious. Dude, I... Man. He was sweating as much as what Mitchell Pearce would be at a Shih Tzu petting zoo. I'm telling you, bro. He was like pissing out sweat, mate. <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah, so I actually think they're Smokies. I think they're actually going really, really well. I, I rate Todddy Payton. I um, have big soft spot for Todd Payton being a former West Tigers legend. So um, the Tigers have actually rejected him twice. He's wanted to coach the Tigers for years. That would be his choice team to coach. and. Yeah, he just seems to be overlooked each time. He used to be the under twenties coach, They coached um, Brooksy, Moses, um, and all them young fellas together. So yeah, that was interesting that he wasn't kept around to help them develop through. And they went with play. They went with coaches like Potter, Mick Potter, who's just been a- actually um, assigned the interim Bulldogs coach for the rest of the season. And. Got um, uh, but- Jason Taylor, who I despise as a human being, so yeah. I know he's low, I don't like him, man. Anyhow? Um, Yeah? I I don't
1: know. He, If you're not going to give a guy an opportunity, you can't knock him for leaving to take on an opportunity, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, He's gone, he's done extremely well and his team's playing great football. Um, Is that it's not good for you guys but would he
0: have developed i oh, know it's just reflective i'm just saying it's just like it's funny about the tigers board they, they wouldn't know a good thing if it smacked him in the face and just yeah they're only starting to come good now that they've got sheen's back in charge of um yeah the head of football position so yeah mm. things are looking up like i actually haven't been as optimistic as i have in a while about the tigers and we're coming we'll coming second last we could have been coming in last after this weekend and i still would have been feeling great because i know what's <laughs> actually happening in what's coming back. It's not like yeah. we've got healthy players and they're still performing poorly. We, we can see the hearts there in all the performances each week. So mm-hmm. if you've got that built into the culture of your club, once you start getting some healthy and more able bodies back into your lineup and that can gel and flow more, then yeah, there's only positive signs that can come out of that.
1: You know what though? The Knights are in the exact same boat. They've carried heaps of injuries.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. They're, they're, they're literally two teams that could possibly be top eight teams if they just... Had some luck with injury and, I know, just got their shit together a bit. I don't rate Adam O'Brien as much as a coach as I do Michael Maguire, but so that's probably the big difference there. Mm. Yeah,
1: Honestly, I just think both teams could do with a bit of luck as well. Oh, yeah. Like that, that the Knights got knocked back on. like,
0: Dude, they have both been kicked in the dick this year.
1: Yeah. In time. Um, It is what it is, though. Like, you can't knock it, but
0: yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it happens every year, man happens every year. Someone's got to cop it. Unfortunately, it's the Tigers and the Knights. Okay, so that wraps us up for this episode. Thank you for listening. And remember, uh, give us a five-star review if you're listening to us on Spotify. Uh, Share us on the socials as well. If you're watching us on YouTube, please remember to subscribe to the channel and to like all our videos. Remember, you can follow me at Rob underscore Aaron 23 on Twitter. Uh, Follow the podcast at tbo tv podcast and you can follow my friend chappie at, at chappies titans on twitter thank you very much my friend thank you very much okay so that's us for the week and we will see you next time bye